0: The John Staggerwald Show, sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded.
2: We have breaking news. It involves Demi Lovato. And as I'm sure you know, any news involving Demi is big news. And on the outside uh, chance uh, that you don't know who Demi is, she's a singer. She's 29 years old. She let the world know that she has reorganized, for lack of a better word, her pronouns. According to a story at the Daily Mail, she's admitted that she no longer uses just they slash them as her pronouns and now includes she slash her. Did you get that? This is a major entertainer with a huge following. Uh, She believes that she needs to tell the world which pronouns she's using these days. She obviously has a mental illness. According to the Daily Mail, Demi opened up about uh, adopting the pronouns during an appearance on something called the Spout podcast. She says she's going to go back to using she, her, because, quote, she's feeling more feminine, unquote. Now, is this the case of someone having way too much time on their hands or someone who is fallen so completely in love with herself that she actually thinks that people actually care what pronouns uh, that she's using. I'm, I'm going to say it's both. But anyway, the fact that she would think that this announcement needed to be made to the world tells you everything you need to know about how far this insanity has gone. She came out as bi- nine, <coughs> sorry, non-binary last year, which I'm sure you remember. Now, here's an actual quote from the story, and it's her stammering, not me. Uh, quote, I've actually adopted the pronouns of she, her again with, again with me. So for me, comma, I'm such a fluid person that I don't really find that, well, I felt like, especially last year, my energy was balanced in my masculine and feminine energy so that when I was faced with the choice of walking into a bathroom and it said women and men, I didn't feel like there was a bathroom for me because I didn't feel necessarily like a woman. See, this is why I've said for a long time, the bathroom should have penis and vagina on the doors. If you have one of these, you go in here. If you have one of those, go in there and shut up. Anyway, she she went on to explain, I didn't feel like a man, I just felt like a human. And that's what they, them is about. For me, it's just about like feeling human at your core. And if you think uh, that's insane, how about this? The Pennsylvania Department of Education will be instructing teachers to teach this stuff to your kids or grandkids, in a couple of weeks we'll talk to a concerned mother who's fighting against it when we come back and in our second half hour dick morris remember him he'll be here to talk about donald trump hillary clinton and 2024 stick around
4: Your spouse has said your marriage is over and they're ready to walk out the door. So where does that leave you?
5: Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. We've helped thousands of couples in this exact situation. We want to share with you the things you can do right now to start turning this crisis around.
4: If you're somebody who's lying in bed sobbing yourself to sleep
0: because your husband has left you or walked out on you or your wife has left you and you think, oh, well, this is it now. It's not it. There is
5: hope. We're going to teach you the three things you need to start doing immediately to get your spouse back. If your marriage is in crisis, you're not going to want to miss this special Save My Marriage event happening on lovestories.com. So sign up today.
4: Visit lovestories.com for the free Save My Marriage mini course. Happening now on lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Check out lovestories.com.
6: Today, the majority of children have already been exposed to pornography by age 11. Even though most of this is accidental, this exposure can have disastrous consequences for their mental health and future well-being. If you want to protect your child and set them up to have healthy relationships, you need Canopy. Canopy is the most effective technology on the planet for blocking pornography. Canopy's app uses artificial intelligence to identify and filter explicit content on every website. It can do this in milliseconds and is 99.9% accurate. While other apps block entire pages, Canopy is the only tool that filters within websites, plucking out explicit images and videos before they appear. Its image scanning technology also prevents users from taking and sending sexts. The internet is awash in pornography, but your kids don't have to see it. Head on over to canopy.us forward slash protect to start your 30-day free trial. Enter the promo code PROTECT. And get 15% off the regular price for life.
0: This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
2: School starts uh, in a few weeks and the kids in Pennsylvania can feel good about, you know, being able to pick what gender they want to be when they get there. Thanks to the Pennsylvania Department of Education. Their website uh, it has been updated and gender insanity is everywhere. Kim Morrow has been trying to bring some sanity to the Mount Lebanon schools, and she's part of the Parent Choice Coalition. And she joins us now. Kim, thanks for coming on the show again. Hi, John. How are you? Good, good. Let's uh, let's start with what uh, what what about you know? Let's uh, talk a little bit about what was happening in the Mount Lebanon schools that got you involved in this. First of all, before we get to what's happening here in the Department of Education. Yeah,
4: um, you know, I I got more involved really over COVID obviously when Mount Lebanon chose to not send the kids back, you know, over COVID at first, even in hybrid. And it was, you know, simply the remote option. And myself being a public educator, as well as my husband, we had to go back to our building and actually teach. So we had to make the tough decision to send our kids back to private school to Catholic school, you know, and pay not only private tuition, but also our taxes. Uh and not have your kids sent back was was really a harsh reality for a lot of uh, working families. So I I really got involved into what was going on and why these decisions were being made. Um, And then fast forward, we obviously, the Friends of Lebo Slate um, ran for school board. Um, We were unsuccessful at getting on, but had obviously a ton of support in the community. And we are continuing to be involved in what is going on in the schools currently even after the election and um i did get connected with this parent choice coalition group that was started by um some individuals in other surrounding communities mainly in upper st Clair, um, peters township and canon mcmillan regarding um the mandatory masking that was happening mm-hmm. during this past year and so they're they're really about bringing different communities um, schools together from predominantly the south you know the, the southern part of um pittsburgh and really making sure we're keeping tabs on what's going on kind of collaborating and and, and communicating about different policies and procedures that are trying to be put in place in different school districts um on different boards and really helping to get other candidates and people involved potentially to get on boards to help make some change so
2: and and how and and you say you're you're an educator are you a teacher
4: Yes, I am. Not in
2: in a different district. We won't mention which one, but you're... Yeah, in a different
4: district at a a different high
2: school, Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, so a lot of it was about just um, parents being uh, better informed about what was being done in schools. I mean, when you got to the... uh, Did you get to the the transgender issues and all those things that have been popping up lately?
4: Yeah, I mean, not... And and this has been something, obviously... Um, many individuals may already know this, but there's a there's a pending um, lawsuit going on that's going to um, federal circuit court regarding um, parents in the district that filed a suit um, against a first grade teacher at Jefferson Elementary School right. for reading a book um, to first graders about transgenderism,
0: mm-hmm.
4: having a follow up discussion about it, not um, not giving parents, you know, any, any, you know, heads up about what was, what was going to be discussed. Um, Those parents and other parents felt like they were completely silenced through the whole process after they found out about it. Um, You know, there was no meetings. Um, They, they tried to request meetings, tried to get follow up, and nothing was really done, which is part of the reason why they, they felt like all of their options were exhausted and they had to actually now use the legal system to get, um, Really, what they want, which is which is honestly just the 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 option to opt out of all of this this type of curriculum.
2: Insanity. Um, yeah. So
4: that is that is still ongoing right now. It is it's it's still ongoing. So mm-hmm.
2: okay, so the the Department of Education, the Pennsylvania Department of Education. So it's statewide. Their website yeah. has been updated for the coming school year, I guess, which is yeah. you know, about th- less than three weeks. I'm thinking. So uh, the, the stuff that's in there is just. Mind-numbing. Uh, like, how yeah. should how should parents feel about teachers? Because this is what's uh, this is according to the website. They're encouraging teachers uh, to ask students for their pronouns when they show up for school later this month. And I think this begins with kids um, as young as third grade. They start with this idiocy.
4: Yeah, that I I was able to read through um, some of the PD, PDE documents, some of the recommended readings or suggestions um, and it is not only concerning should not only be concerning for parents but also for public educators in Pennsylvania because this this really places a lot of burden on these teachers to now um, if they don't obviously feel comfortable doing this or feel like they not only maybe not believe in this type of ideology or they don't feel comfortable, utilizing all of this it's almost you know my my fear is that this is going to become some type of compliance and some type of professional development training that we're going to have to be required to go through
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, that, that that isn't nece- that doesn't necessarily align in um with me with 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 my beliefs and my religious beliefs um, and i I quite frankly don't don't want to be told that I have to Learn this in a professional development.
2: Yeah, so um, you're coming to so it yeah. from a parent and as a teacher who has to teach other parents' kids.
4: Correct, correct. Yes. Well, it's it, it's really, really, yeah, it's really concerning. A lot of a lot of the language, a lot of the terminology. I mean, we're talking about almost having them wanting to develop almost a new language. I mean,
0: yeah,
2: just, you have just,
4: these kids that are. Oh. My kids are going into kindergarten, second, and fourth grade.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean my second grader is just starting to learn how to you know she's reading, learning how to write, yep. um, learning some basic grammar here, and now we're going to layer this in while they're trying to understand singular and plural, and oh. this adds a layer of complexity that is not only confusing for them but it's also really complicated for the parent mm-hmm. and for the and for for the teacher. To hey. yeah. to understand this, it, it it almost takes away, honestly, from the rigor of what we should be doing, which is focusing on the curriculum of reading, writing, math, science,
2: social yeah. studies. Um, and and, and yeah. as you said, you're adding another layer and another uh, uh, learning how to read and write and how to write a sentence is tough enough for some kids to actually. I uh, have to uh, complicate something as simple as he and she. Uh, right. It's, it's just and, and, it's, it's and, and, mind-boggling. And we're not
4: talking just, yeah, we're not talking, I mean, if you looked at the the glossary of terms, we're not just talking about, you know, another pronoun of they, them. Oh, no. I mean, they're they're using zeer, they, um, all, all Yeah, all I was going to ask you if
2: you knew how to pronounce any of these, because they, they, these are in there. Uh, very, very
4: challenging to to. to
2: N-E, what is that? I don't know what it is. Uh, it's, yeah. Is that knee? am not sure. Is that nay? Maybe me. Yeah. And then V is a pronoun, V-E. I, I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I wouldn't want to offend anybody. V-E, and then there's Z-E slash Z-I-E, and what the heck is X-E? That's. Those are all, they, they've made the gender, they, they want parents... To and kids to be aware of these pronouns that so that they know that they have the choice to use these if they'd like. Some kid in the third grade, how'd you like to be referred to as whatever X, however X, E is pronounced? I'm guessing Z. It's right sick.
4: It, it, it's yeah, and, and 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 this is really suggestive of just where I mean, I'm not sure if if PDE d- developed this on their own or or they received guidance or grant money from the federal yeah. department of education to you know work on this together to to try streamline this but but we can see that this is coming from the top down mm-hmm. and this unfortunately then trickles down into local districts which then have to feel or make decisions based upon what they want to focus on i think many will not focus on this at all i think they'll they'll continue to focus on the, the severe learning loss that we have seen over the past two years.
2: Because of COVID insanity. You have yeah.
4: children that are, that are significantly behind. Mm-hmm. And I teach special education, and, and we have children that, that already have multiple disabilities and have multiple challenges in their life. And so adding another layer of complexity on for those kids, in addition to taking away from time for them to focus on getting back into their academics and getting back up To speed is the last thing that we need to be doing. Yet here we are focusing
2: on how we need to. Well, let me just. Yeah, Yeah. uh, Sorry to interrupt, but I don't want to make sure I get let's get this stuff that's on the website in, so people understand. If you're your tax dollars, if you're listening, and if you have kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, neighbor kids, whoever any kid you might care about for any reason, this is under the website. This is on the website, I should say, under the category. Creating gender inclusive schools and ca- classrooms, and it says, "If you don't know a student preferred personal pronoun, it's always best to ask." So again, Kim, what about the parents who don't want their kids to have a personal pronoun? They just want to show Correct. up for school and teach me how to spell cat. Let's start with that. It's just, yeah,
4: like that is something where I, as an educator, would feel w- w- would absolutely not. And I teach high school kids would not be asking or putting a survey out or you know an introductory letter asking my high school students what pronoun they prefer that it's just not that, that that's not my job that's not appropriate in my eyes to do that um, well, if there is a case you know where where there is a, a child who who is already transitioned or 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 whatnot and they have and I've had this before where yeah. they have a new name and, yeah. you know, a confidential email typically goes out and addresses that with the team of people that are teaching this student. And then those teachers just, you know, there is no big discussion. There's no, we're not telling the whole class. We're not having a 45 minute you know, discussion about gender ideology. It's just, you know, this student's name is that, you know, it, 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 you just carry on. And so I feel like by them incorporating this, you're now kind of chipping away at why this is an ideology and why they're trying to implement a lot of these things at earlier ages because they know that children are very impressionable and they're very moldable. And um, they're, and they're they very, very much inclined to, be... to
2: follow fads, too. and um, And that's, yeah. what, that's what they're doing in many cases. Yeah i got to ask you this, because um, I've become more radicalized on this every minute, Um, and uh, I I know that you're a teacher, and and we're we're talking to Kim Morrow, she's uh, with the Parent Choice Coalition, we're going to tell you how to uh, help them raise some money to fight this stupidity in a second, but um, I know that you, as a teacher, and I don't know how you feel about the way you're supposed to treat kids who have, as you say, quote-unquote, transitioned, but I think this has reached such a level of insanity that people need to quit tiptoeing around it. And instead of accommodating a kid who thinks that he is now a she, they need to be treated as if they have a mental illness because that's what it is. It's like anorexia. And so the thing to me that's a problem here is that there are people like you who are fighting against this, and there are lots of people in the media, there are politicians, but they still allow themselves to be controlled by the ideology where they, where they start referring to Rachel Levine as she, and you're not allowed to say it's a he because you might hurt his feelings. That's why this insanity continues, because people aren't strong right. enough about it. You have to just say, no, this is stupid. He's, his name is Steve. He can change it to whatever he wants, and I'll call him, when he, I'll call him uh, Karen if he wants, but I'm not going to refer to him as she because he ain't a she. I mean, I don't understand why it's that tough for people.
4: It's it's really. Um, I mean, I can tell you this. I mean, we we, we live in a world of cancel culture, and and, yeah. and, and and let me tell you that it is just alive and well. Believe me,
2: I'm I'm, um, I'm treading it right now just by what I just said.
4: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, you know, for 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 me being outspoken and and reading segments of of gender queer at a school board meeting, you know, I I was called a Nazi. I was called a book burner. Um, I've been called, you know, an insurrectionist, um, you know, I've been called, you know, a homophobic, a yeah. transphobic. Um, it just, it, the list goes on and on and on. And so I think that people, because they feel so, um, they, they they see the cancel culture, they don't want to engage. It's they working. They just want to be the left alone. The cancel culture and is so, working. Yeah, it is. So people don't feel they don't feel compelled to speak up and to say anything because they honestly feel consequences for um, potentially for their job well, you know, about, or for their livelihood
2: how about admitting um, to being transphobic I'm terrified of what's going on in the schools does that make me afraid of this no, does that make me phobic that I, I am think I, at I, all. I'm, I'm guilty of that you know I'm but afraid that they're but teaching but kids this insanity
4: right and, and and I will tell you uh, you know it, it, it doesn't help as a public educator when you want to be able to speak up about your belief or about what you would like to do in your classroom and you're simply told from the pipeline you need to do X, Y, and Z, you know, and you have to remember that we're in unions and that we have we have a level of um you know, control within that union in yep. terms of, of of what we can and can't do. But I mean I will say this, if if, if the teachers unions don't start to speak up against this and about in terms of what they're going to be requiring teachers to do,
2: mm-hmm.
4: we're going to get into a really, really hard spot. why well, I,
2: I, I need—I'm out of—I'm running out of time. I want to make sure you get a chance. You're trying to raise some money to fight this. Uh, where yeah, can people I mean go the
4: current—yes, the current—the yes, current, current lawsuit is still going on. I mean, I'm sure that many of you know that you know going to the federal circuit. This is this is expensive. It, it requires attorney's fees. Mm-hmm. I mean, these parents that are fighting this are are, are absolutely I call them warrior moms they they are they have put their names out there um and there is um I shared with you John the the give send go which is an an online donation platform which you can donate anonymously Mm -hmm. um and then there also is a P.O. box that I shared with you and people can write individual checks to go
2: go ahead and give um, it on the air so people can hear it
4: okay hold on one second I will well, share it with you. Okay. Um, so the PO box, the the organization is called LIBO Pra LLC. Pra stands for Parent Rights Association. So LIBO Pra LLC, and the PO box is one three three six two Pittsburgh, PA one five two four three.
2: Okay, and I'll give that again when I a, get a chance, but.
4: Yeah, no problem and then there's the there is the online the online link if you're able to share that somehow through your page um or through I don't know if you have a Twitter account or something yeah. just to be a, people can access it via the link and they're able to donate um and, and share their name and be proud of the donation or they can donate anonymously um Well
2: can they get can, this I, some, can they get to this uh, just by going to the website
4: um, to your website, no, or no. To... Parent
2: Choice Coalition. Do you have a website?
4: Um. Yeah. So there's there is a there is a Facebook page and there there is a website and that is actually linked to the yeah. website, the Parent Choice Coalition. So they could also go there. That's the
2: quickest way um, on radio is to get them to go to it is just go to Parent Choice Coalition either on Facebook or online. Correct.
4: Right. Yep. The Parent and, Choice and Coalition fa- and and yeah.
2: And figure out how to send the money. I, I'm out of time. You're always great to have on. I, it's, I love the fight in you, and I love the fight you're in, and I hope you're successful. Thank you, John. And I am definitely transphobic because I'm terrified of what's going on with the school, so I ain't, I'm not going to apologize for that for one second. Thanks, Kim. Thank you.
4: Thank you for having me on. Take
2: care. Okay, that's Kim Morrow, and it's Parent Choice Coalition.
5: For those are in news, I'm John Scott. The OPEC oil cartel and its allies have decided to boost production in September by a much slower pace than in previous months. The move comes amid high gasoline prices and unstable energy supplies. Oil analyst Patrick Bautdehan of GasBuddy.com says as soon as the word of the OPEC decision hit the markets, oil prices went up.
0: Um, the concern that uh, it's not enough to to meet the increase in demand, so... Overall, uh, kind of a a disappointing announcement from OPEC that the increase in production was far, far less uh, than what's really needed to uh, balance uh, supply and demand.
5: OPEC, led by Saudi Arabia and its allies, led by Russia, will increase output to 100,000 barrels a day next month after raising it 648,000 barrels a day back in July and August. This is SRN News.
7: If you're considering protecting your retirement with gold or silver, listen up. Mark Davis here. One company I trust for this, Advantage Gold, the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. They are so passionate about teaching people how to own physical gold and silver. They've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because they really educate their clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. Call 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Talk to one of their experts. They can send you a free gold kit along with a free copy. The Wall Street Journal national bestseller, The Great Devaluation, number again, 800-900-8000. Don't wait any longer. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value, all from Advantage Gold. 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Call Advantage Gold today. 800-900-8000.
6: Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing.
0: Charlie Kirk explains today's college experience. It's very hard for people to admit that
1: college has become a legalized scam against America's young people. Some of the most dangerous and pernicious ideas that have and will continue to infect our society stem from our universities. Why should our taxpayer dollars
0: go to subsidize socialist boot camps? The Charlie Kirk Show, weeknights at 9 on AM 1250. The answer. Whose rule book do you want to play by? The government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy & Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law.
1: It's no secret, America. We've been let down. Inflation is taking its toll. In the grocery stores, the products we buy, and the pain of every visit to the gas pump. At Upside, we're fighting back with our free app that pays you back serious money on every tank of gas or diesel up to 25 cents per gallon just for using the Upside app, no strings attached. Upside users have already been paid back a total of more than $250 million. With inflation and the soaring price of gas, it's easy to feel like you're losing control. But with Upside's free app, you can start putting money back in your wallet with every gallon. Whenever you want, cash out with PayPal, an e-gift card, or transfer the money directly into your bank account. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code SALEM for an additional 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first fill-up. That's promo code S-A-L-E-M. Remember, use promo code SALEM when you download the free Upside app and get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank of gas, cashbacks
0: not available. On gas in New Jersey Wisconsin. AM twelve fifty and FM ninety two point five. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
4: Look out for downtown Accident Boulevard of the Allies inbound near Crosstown Boulevard. On Crosstown Boulevard, heavy delays inbound with Volume Veterans Bridge to Liberty Bridge. On 28, the outbound side accident cleared near Route 8. However, still big backup from Parkway North on up. On the inbound side, some delays through the Construction Powers Run Road to Fox Chapel Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer, weather. Mainly clear and
6: humid tonight, low 71. Very warm tomorrow and humid with intervals of clouds and sun. We'll see an afternoon thunderstorm of a high of 87. Cloudy and humid tomorrow night, a thunderstorm in the area, low 70. Cloudy and humid Friday with a couple of thunderstorms and a high of 78. Saturday, a blend of sun and clouds with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Humid with a high of 82. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon.
0: The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, it looks like Donald Trump had a pretty good election day yesterday. He wasn't running for anything, but lots of candidates endorsed by him were. Dick Morris has been a political consultant, a pollster for a long time. He was an advisor to Bill Clinton. He's been a commentator, a pundit, a writer, including his new book, The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. And he joins us now. Dick, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it.
8: Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So It uh, wasn't last night incredible. He, t- he goes into Michigan and Arizona too key states of the five years to win, and, uh, and he takes candidates who are, who are behind and outspent, and with his endorsement, they win. It sends a message to anybody who's thinking of challenging Trump in a primary, that they probably should give up and go out and sell insurance instead.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, that's what I was going to ask you. How does he look after what happened yesterday?
8: Well, you know, in 2016, Trump did a takeover of the Republican Party now he's doing a makeover of the republican party and he's got 172 candidates who he supported who one and ten who lost and that's a pretty good track record mm-hmm. I, I make the point in my book the return which is really a guide to how trump can come back in 24 that he's the only person who can say the four key words that are key, that are essential to being able to defeat the Democrats. I did it already. Ah. Mm. Worried about gas prices, inflation, immigration. Well, don't say we're stuck with that stuff. I I took care of them already, and I can do it again. Nobody else can say that.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, what is his slogan is Save America. So it's uh, it's obvious what he's saying there about what the Democrats have done. Uh, Kerry Lake in Arizona was called uh, an election truther. By National Review, uh, and the editors uh, of National Review, this was supposed to be a conservative magazine, uh, advised people in Arizona to stay away from her, and she won. So, is selling a fraudulent 2020 election an okay strategy? Because it worked for her.
8: Well, I do believe that the election was stolen. So do I, yeah. I do believe it was stolen. Uh, But, you know, rather than focus on that, we don't have a lot of time. I wanted to talk about why the 24 election will be free of fraud, why this is a problem that will be solved completely. I write about it in my new book. Okay, There is a case called Moore versus Harper that's destined to become a household word like Brown v. Board of Ed. It's, uh, It's a case being brought by Republicans and conservatives that say that when you get to elections at the federal level, Nobody but the legislature has any right to control them. They don't have the right to draw the lines. They don't have the right to talk about to prohibit photo ID. They don't have the right to have drop boxes. The legislature alone determines that. Because Section 4, Article 1 of the Constitution says, the times, places, and manner of choosing, a candidate, of choosing congressmen and senators shall be the sole province of the state legislatures, and the, the people who have been interpreting the Constitution have been saying, "Oh, that means the states have to work it out. But now the strict constructionists are coming in and saying, no, it doesn't mean the states. It means the legislatures. So like in Pennsylvania, your legislature has passed the, one of the model bills for election integrity. You no know, drop boxes, signature verification, you know, no excuse absentee ballots, photo ID required, and so on. And Wolf is vetoed. But under this new court case, Wolf could not veto it. It would be a veto proof law. And that combined with I hope the election of Mastriano as governor so he can appoint a secretary of state who will hold an honest election, I think will completely solve this problem for twenty four.
2: Well if I'm not mistaken, in twenty twenty the Supreme Court, which is an elected body um, just took it upon themselves to make it okay to uh, count ballots whenever yep. they wanted, uh, not have to have them validated. Uh, it was a total yeah. joke. Does this does this case gonna how How does this case beat the Pennsylvania Supreme Court?
8: Both the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Uh, no state court will have any jurisdiction over the terms of voting or the lines in federal elections. They can still do state elections. But not in federal cases. Oh, okay. Office. I had Rudy Giuliani on my TV show on uh, Newsmax called Democracy. It's every Saturday night at seven thirty. And I asked him. I said, "If we win, v. Harper, will that solve the problem of election fraud?" And he said, "Absolutely." Hmm.
2: So, so when is when when is that likely to be determined? Be,
8: that, be argued in the fall term. Uh, september october november and the decision will be made probably in the winter january february march of 23 and plenty of time Mm -hmm. for the 24 election
2: well um what what should donald trump do uh, beyond what you just mentioned this court case what should he have learned from 2020 and instead of complaining about 2020 what can he do to make it not happen again
8: beyond this court case the big thing, which is the central, one of the central points in my book, The Return, is that we have to realize that the era of people going out to vote and braving the storms and the rains and standing in line for three hours uh, is no longer the central thing in our politics. We have to bring the ballot to the people. Uh, we have to take a page from the pizza delivery boys and do home delivery of the ballots not fraud, but home delivery. Uh, the turnout in the U.S. has increased from 20, 2000 to now by 50%, but the population went up by only 20 And what that means is that downscale people that don't know much and don't follow much and don't care much are now the majority of the electorate. And we have got to adopt the same tactics the Democrats did of bringing the ballots to them of not dissing early voting, but saying go ahead and do it. We'll carry every day in September and October like it was election day uh, and saying that we're going to go for it aggressively in a strong way. Forget GOTV, get out the vote, keep the vote in. We'll bring it to you and we'll win the election that way. We have more couch potatoes than they do.
2: (laughs) Well, but we still have to get the couch potatoes to care enough to know what to put down on their ballot. I don't know how.
8: Yeah, well, I think we. I think we are. I think that Biden's doing a great job. Of yeah. That. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's anybody who doesn't understand the difference between Captain Donald Trump and what's going on now has got to be completely brain dead. Uh, and the, the the contrast is so glaring. And then the other thing which I point out in my book is that Trump has taken away three key constituencies that are the Democratic Party base, blue-collar working people, Hispanics, and young people. And the polling shows that they have really flipped and gone from Democrat to Republican, in particular Latinos. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the the, uh, riots broke out in the summer of 2020, I spoke with Trump, and he said the Hispanics will never tolerate this, the tearing down statues, saying America is evil and racist. He said they've been through that in their own countries, and they left that to come to America as a land of freedom and opportunity. And the Democrats are going to lose them because they're dissing America. They're dumping on America. And Trump really is using patriotism to bring the Latino vote back. And saying There are two parties. One believes in America. The other doesn't want to change it back into Cuba or Venezuela or Mexico or any of the countries from which you ran screaming.
2: We're talking to Dick Morris. His book is The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. Uh, Dick, you uh, worked with Bill Clinton. You've worked with uh, you've been in politics all your life. You've been a pollster and everybody knows uh, what you've yep. been doing for the last, I don't know, 40 years or so. Um, I- I'm just wondering and you predicted that Trump win back in 2016. What is what did what did Trump glom onto? What is it that made him Donald Trump uh, the president instead of Donald Trump the
8: the celebrity? That there were a third of the country were Americans who were totally ignored by the establishments of both parties. They called them. Hillary called them uh, uh, plurals. And Obama cling to their guns and Bibles. Yep. And these folks, 36% of the electorate, had no voice. Nobody was listening to them. The Republicans, like Toomey, were busy spouting Adam Smith, free flow of goods and labor. Mm-hmm. And uh, never mind that the immigrants were taking away their jobs, never mind that Chinese imports were closing down their factories, Adam Smith says free flow of goods and labor. The establishment of the Republican Party is essentially globalist. They're not nationalist. And they follow the text of economics, regardless of what it does to individual Americans. Trump said, no, I'm putting America first. And he spoke to the folks that were disenfranchised in a language they'd never heard before. Now he's doing the same thing with Hispanics and young people. Mm-hmm. And he's bringing those coveted constituencies over. And I document in the book how he's making progress with those. And uh, I think that you're going to see a landslide victory for the Republicans this year and a landslide reelection for Trump in 2024.
2: You've been around the people in D.C. You, you advised the president. You've been in, You know, these people personally, um, aside from the fact that he beat them. Why do they hate him so much? And I'm talking about Republicans, too.
8: Yeah, because he represents an elemental threat to their power. Uh, They live in a global bubble. They don't feel high gas prices. They have limos. Uh, They don't feel inflation. They barely even notice it. Uh, They don't have their job threatened by foreign imports. They are in international service industries, and their, their constituency is global, and they no longer are part of the American polity. They are no longer part of the community of the United States. They live here, it's their voting address, but that's it. Uh, They hobnob internationally, they pay attention to international stuff, and they don't look at American national interest as anything other than a craven, stone age way of looking at politics. Uh, And when Trump comes in and says, hey, I'd like you to meet The rest of the United States, Uh, they say, oh, my God, do I have to? uh, They're not at the country club. They're not at the cocktail parties. And Trump is challenging their elitism at such a fundamental level that it calls into question not just their politics, but their whole society, their whole style of living, their whole value structure.
2: And also, uh, what what struck me uh, one of the things that I, I that that um, really impressed me was uh, I guess it's pretty early on when he when he looked at NATO and he said and this is what what what, what it, it seems to me is that this is just a businessman who came in and he was going to run the country the way he would run a business and he picks up a somebody hands him a piece of paper that shows him what the NATO agreement is and who pays yeah. how much and who's responsible for what and he looks at it and he's not encumbered with all the other stupidity that's been involved in Washington for the last 50 years. He just looks at it and he says, who made this deal? How does this, what what are we doing? What what are you kidding me? Isn't that kind of what happened with that? that?
8: And because he did that, we're winning in the Ukraine. Because he did that with NATO, NATO became a real fighting force uh, that is intimidated and defeating the Russian army. Uh, which is an amazing thing. It was the assumption always during the Cold War that if Russia and the U.S. fought NATO and the Warsaw Pact, they would win, but we would go nuclear and that that would even the odds. Now, the uh, NATO is engaging the Russian army and beating the hell out, which is incredible, and it's entirely a tribute to Donald Trump. You look at the newspaper today, you see the Supreme Court decision on abortion Mm -hmm. let the states decide you see the concealed carry that if the government's not going to protect you you have the right to protect yourself you look at ukraine where nato is winning and you say oh my god these are all the legacies of donald trump
2: i got a couple minutes left here with dick morris his book is the return trump's big 2024 comeback dick you've predicted that hillary clinton will run in 2024 still think so
8: yeah, she'll be the Democratic nominee, oh and Trump will beat her just like he did in 2016. What's going to happen is that the Democrat senators and leaders will go to Biden after they get destroyed in 22 and say, hey, look, you can't run again. You can't drag our party through another of these defeats. And we won't impeach you. We won't use the 25th Amendment, despite your obvious disabilities. Uh, but we will ask you not to run again, and he'll reluctantly agree. He'll have to, and Harris as well. No? And then the floodgates will open to Democratic candidates, mm-hmm. and very quickly, everyone looking at it will realize that the extreme left has taken over the party. The front runners are going to be Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and AOC, no. and they will come. The Democratic leaders will come hat in hand to Hillary like they did in 16, and say, save us from Bernie Sanders. Save us from the left. And she will agree to do that reluctantly, uh, but she will run as a service to the Democratic Party. Hillary always likes to master ambition in a larger cause. I'm going to be the first woman president. I'm going to save us from Sanders. And that's how she'll do it. She'll run. She'll win the primaries, some of them, not of them and uh, she'll get destroyed by Trump in November.
2: Oh, man. I, just, I don't know if I can take that, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I only have about a minute and a half left here. Uh, I had a guy on the show who's written a book, uh, and he makes a pretty good case, I thought, predicting that Michelle Obama is going to try to run. Do you think she might take a yes. shot at it?
8: Well, she might. Uh, she said she won't, mm-hmm, well. and she's been quite emphatic about that. Um, if she did, she'd be a tougher opponent than Hillary or any of the other candidates, but the problem is that, you know, the first thing you learn about her, if you're independent, is the thing you like most about her—that she was Obama's wife. Mm-hmm. Then she opens her mouth <laughs> and she starts talking <laughs> yeah. about stuff. She starts taking positions. People start writing about what she said—that she's never been proud of America before mm-hmm. her husband was elected president—and she's her half life such that she decays pretty quickly.
2: Well, uh, Dick, uh, good luck with the book. It's The Return, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. You want to throw a last word in here before you go?
8: Yeah, vote for Matt <laughs> uh, uh, The Republican establishment hates him because Pennsylvania is the most bossed state in the country. Uh, the legislature is totally controlled by the two party leaders. And uh, and they it's unique in America for that. Wow! And Mastriano is challenging the Republican bosses and defeating the Democratic bosses, and he deserves all of our support and our strong enthusiasm.
2: Dick, thanks a lot, and good luck with the book. Thank you. Okay, that's Dick Morris, and it's the return. I'll be right back. Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee. With prices set to increase on all exterior products, lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at Pittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. Windows are us. You've tried
6: the rest, now try the best.
5: International travel is open again.
0: This is the John Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: Well, I uh, started the show talking about the transgender insanity, and it's a, kind of a running theme here because it keeps getting more ridiculous. Um, and I said that it, I, are you allowed to be, if you're a uh, transphobic, are you allowed to be afraid of what you're seeing happening? Well, uh, Christopher Rufo has been uh, uncovering some stuff in some other school districts. I told you about what's happening in Pennsylvania San Diego Unified is the school district, uh, and they are coming out with uh, also a a plan promoting a, quote, uh, constellation of new sexual identities such as genderqueer, non-binary, pansexual, and two-spirit. Rufo says, I've obtained a range of publicly accessible documents from San Diego Unified that reveal the district's new ideology. The materials follow the basic premise of queer theory. This is for kids in school, but you're not supposed to be afraid of this. White Europeans created a false, quote, gender binary and used the categories of, quote, male and, quote, female to dominate racial and sexual minorities. A San Diego Unified Training for facilitators of the student groups argues that the system of heteronormativity uh, forces students to conform to these norms. They are assigned a sex at birth, pressed into the identities of, quote, man and, quote, woman, and expected to have heterosexual relationships culminating in marriage and kids. This gender binary, however, is arbitrary and socially constructed and harmful. This is what they want to teach kids in the San Diego schools. Officially. Officially. It's sick, and I'm afraid. I'll talk the to you The John Steiner
0: Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow fan.